Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. on our internet analytic here aka dreams and i'd like to welcome you to mine which i call the notorious mass effect podcast i'm your hip-hop and gaming news source with a little bit of r&b mixed in and of course before i get into the episode you know i have to give you a recap on just the podcast in general life and you know etc i guess the thing i kind of want to talk about is for this specific episode we're going to be getting into a lot of nerd talk so if you're not a video game mer if you're not a gamer i'm not going to say that this won't interest you because it's going to be a lot of stuff i sprinkle in because of course this is a hip-hop and gaming podcast but we do have a lot of gaming topics to get into but as far as the update let's just say you know the podcast is going great uh surpassed 1.3 million total downloads in just eight months under the new hosting platform red circle for the podcast so as i always like to say you know without without y'all support and all of that consistency with listening to the podcast we wouldn't be able to do some of the things that we're doing now you know with uh drizzly but shout out to them they've been sponsoring the podcast for the past three months and if you don't know what they are then you probably will hear it after uh a while of listening to the podcast because i do a, a host read ad for them so if you haven't heard that just know that'll pop up so i will go over it but i'm pretty sure y'all know what uh, drizzly is if not just know it's an alcohol delivery company just think of like uber for alcohol you know it's uh a very very nice brand in general 
um if you're of age of course you know definitely do not promote underage drinking but of course with my audience most of them i've already looked at the analytics is uh they could use the service let me just say that so <laughs> with that being with that out the way it really it's not too much to get into as far as the update um I'm trying to think yeah it's really not too much to get into as an update i already got into like the podcast and stuff and uh let me make sure I put this on right quick okay oh there is something to get to okay so basically um we have a lot of good stuff coming up in the near future and just know as far as my social media presence and the podcast the podcast of course is my biggest platform by far like i just said 1.3 million total downloads in just eight months and every week we are around like 80,000 total downloads like weekly like as far as like 80,000 weekly total that's not that is that is that is not how numbers work so basically what i'm trying to say is if i can talk it's 80,000 weekly downloads for the podcast of course so people keep coming back and i'm going to keep trying to keep y'all entertained but the reason i say that is because i completely lost my train of thought completely why did i say that why did i say that i don't know man i'm getting old i forgot what i was saying so anyways um as always i appreciate y'all being here let's get into the episode because with me losing my train of thought that's just probably a, a sign that i needed to get it right get right into the episode and for the episode is episode 127 and the title of the of this episode is is Baldur's gate 3 game of the year question mark well also exclamation point so if you don't know what Baldur's gate 3 is we're going to be getting into it um it's a huge success as a video game and i'm getting to all the numbers when and also everything that entails with the impact that Baldur's gate 3 has had because i did not see this coming at all obviously haven't even gotten to uh, october and november where it seemed like every game possible is going to drop if you really think about it we not we haven't gotten to the episode yet but i just got to get this off if you really think about it this may be one of the greatest years in gaming ever think of the last time we've had a street fighter mortal kombat spider-man star wars and a, bl a bunch of niche games like remnant 2 Baldur's gate 3 uh i mean 2k is always there uh what else mario is coming out like as far as every platform if you say you don't have anything to play i'm just i'm just gonna think you're not a gamer so you know at the end of the day you know if the shoe fits you may have to wear it but, <laughs> but anyways before that before you get into episode 127 make sure to click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and follow to keep all my latest activities if you want to support the show financially click my cash app link located towards the top of the bottom of my link tree as it helps the show overall also make sure to share this podcast and rate this show five stars as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses with that out the way let's get into the first topic which is actually i want this to be a surprise but i'm thinking y'all will very much be entertained by this first topic and that's what i'm gonna leave it at so let's get into that right now
Now, for my people already over at the Analytic Dreams video, Spotify channel, shameless plug, you probably already see the topic that we're about to indulge in. But let me just start off by saying, I do not in any way condone violence. But if there ever was a situation where violence happened, this is how I would want it to go down. Because what a lot of people are skipping out on is the most important fact for me is that there was no guns involved. See, that's why I always enjoy superhero movies, which may be co contradictory to my point. But at the end of the day, you always settle your differences with hands, hands, feet and elbows. And that's why I've always enjoyed about superhero movies is that forget talking it out. Let's throw the fade. Let's catch a fair one. No guns involved. Well, you know, for some superheroes, guns are involved. But for the most part, it's just hands, feet, and elbows. And then we leave you to the authorities to settle it out. And that's exactly what this Montgomery brawl situation was about. If, if you're not familiar, let me take you down memory lane, right? Because, of course, you're probably wondering, you know, you're a little late in covering this whole scenario. Well, the reason that I'm a little late is because I didn't even want to cover this in the first place. But... The reason I do want to cover this is because there's a song attached to it that I think should be nominated for a Grammy. Y'all gonna think I'm joking, but this track is straight fuego. Fire, pyro, technician, and what's his name? G Mac Cash. I want to give him all the credit because you know for the because you know we, we definitely uh give credit around here. So Montgomery Ball by G Mac Production. Wrapped by G Mac Cash. Hold on, let me sure. Let me make sure I got this right. Uh, let me make sure I got this right. Uh, let's see. Produced by YouTube. By I cannot read that. Uh, G Mac. All right, that's all you need to know. It's G Mac Cash. If you want to look him up. So, anyways, let's get into the track because this stuff, like, as far as entertainment, like the whole fight and you know the guy swimming to the fight and everything, that was hilarious, right? And if you probably don't even know about the situation, you're going to be very confused. So let me just break it down. There was a brawl with at least like 20 people involved. It was definitely like a, a situation where a certain family would not move their boat. And because of the person working there, moving the boat parking spot. So the, the, uh, the people on the, I don't know what it's called, like a ferry or whatever, so they could park. Like, basically, it was a boat where the ferry was trying to park, and the people in the boat was not there to move it, so the officer moved it. And when the family came back out and saw that he was moving it, they basically ensued to beat him up. <laughs> then the people who was on the boat got out, and then, oh, bro, the rest was just history. Like, it was a brawl that bro uh, broke out, and... And, and involved like all ages like you would have thought the grown-ups was going to be there to break it up nope they was they was included in the in the fight because it was teenagers there was adults i mean obviously if i don't have to say it i mean i kind of have to say it, that the family who owned the bike uh boat there was uh let's just say of the um the ethnicity was was playing a certain factor as it was very much black or white <laughs> crime that was happening it was black versus white and the family who would not move the boat who was definitely in the wrong ended up being uh white you know what i mean and you know this is not a, a hate white people segment it's just pointing out facts and <laughs> the black people um was on the other end 
of executing street justice. Let's just put it like that. And the brawl ended up with the police arriving. And basically, when the police arrived, they just let them keep throwing. They, they can't uh, let them, you know, execute that street justice. Like, I've never seen the police just sit around while the people just get, you know, hands, feet, and elbows put on them. But at the end of the day, there was a guy, an old man with a chair, right? And he came in. And he executed a little bit too much force in his justice, you know what I mean? Whereas he had to get locked up. I mean, of course, this is this was a very violent type of uh, prevention. <laughs> like, you know, the, the way that you um, execute certain tactics to get people to move, let's just say it was very physical. But at the end of the day, I do want to keep repeating that there was no guns involved. And that, ladies and gentlemen, needs to be applauded. But anyways, let's get into the track as you already know by now this whole situation. And the reason I even wanted to cover this was because this track was created by once again G Mac Cash. So let's get into it right now. Hold on, let me make sure it's not too loud. I think y'all can hear that, right? Yeah. Hold up. See, I'm just letting them rock at this point. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Like the chorus, the flow, the beat. Like at the end of the day, this is a hip hop podcast. So I was like, should I even cover the Montgomery? The I can't even say it. Montgomery brawl. Should I even cover that? But then after I listened to the track and then played it back 50 million times, I was like, this man is really flowing. And as you see by the graphics, got the Doctor Strange portals coming in and, you know, black people just coming out of nowhere. Like one of them even swam to the fight. I was like, dang, that man, they, they started calling him Aquaman and all type of just uh, superhero adjectives. It was just crazy, though, like never seen anything like this in my life be celebrated and i think it should be celebrated because at the end of the day the most important fact is there was no guns involved just strictly handled with hands feet and elbows well and also a chair so anyways let's keep going with this track because this is straight fire everybody that was there montgomery brawl oh. threw the hat off at the start montgomery brawl man shout out to the girl montgomery hey now y'all done started some shit so we gonna finish it. Did. okay Everybody about to witness oh, it. Let's go. Yeah. Let's get it. No, that's fine. Yeah, that's fine. that's my favorite part of the whole track. He says, "Let's get it." I ain't gonna lie to you. He start coming with the bars like after this part right here. But y'all wanted to jump him, so now we got a After that, let's get it. You already knew he was about to start flowing. Let me tell y'all what really happened. Heard they were jumping on my cousin. Let me off, Captain. Cuz came out the water like, let's get it cracking. Unk came with the chair like I got some ass. Cuz came no shirt like I got some ass. I got him. Yo. Women getting hit like, damn, what happened? Beep. Hey, this shit was kind of lit like, damn, it's cracking. I even seen a rock bottom like, damn, this wrestling. Seen <laughs> nah, bro. He was like, it's just wrestling? Ain't no way. Like, who made this? Like, bro, the process of making this track, I have to know. Because I know this man had to have multiple takes for this track because this is beyond hilarious. Like he said, hold on, I have the lyrics right here. Yes, I had to pull the lyrics up because this is some lyrical, miracle, spiritual exercise if I ever seen one. He said, I, I even seen a rock bottom. Like, man, this wrestling? I ain't gonna lie, man. Give this man a Grammy. I, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't never seen... I don't even know if Jay-Z can rap like this. Like, this man was getting him off. This man said, cuz came with no shirt. 
Like, I got Sebastian. I don't even know if Sebastian was his name. But, for, you know, forget all the truth and the facts, right? We just got to get straight to it. He said, this was kind of lit. Man, that's cracking. I even seen a rock bottom. Like, man, this wrestling. Seeing a couple of them boys go night-night. And we got the first black man to swim to a fight. Man, if they ain't bars, I don't know what is, man. At the end of the day, we do celebrate hip-hop over on this platform. And if this ain't a uh, hip-hop type of expression. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. on a whole situation that at the end of the day with no casualties involved is very comedic to the masses so the way he put this in the track i just gotta let it play out man and a couple of them boys go night night Woo. and we got the first black man to swim to a fight Salute. if you mad at this song don't mention me don't do but it fuck that that chair going down in history hey i'm really proud of y'all montgomery brawl and then he gets into the chorus. So basically, all you need to know is that this man made one of the greatest hip-hop tracks in history. Almost reminded me of when Lil Baby made, uh, what's the track called? When he made uh, Bigger Than Me. It was just one of those history stand uh, time stamps where you look back and you're like, man, we really did it, man. We really did the thing of sticking together and executing street justice in a way once again, because I'm going to keep reiterating this fact because it's the most important one. When no casualties were involved, no guns was shot, discharged, as you know, police like to put it. And it was just straight hands, feet, and elbows. But of course, at the end of the day, this is not the MCU. This is not the DCU. This is real life. <laughs> so people got arrested. The guy with the chair got arrested. I would say his name, but you know, I'm not Vlad. You know what I mean? So we just going to leave it at that. That man got arrested. He was 42. Uh, somebody else got, a, well, the black man got with the chair, of course. Um, who else got arrested? Uh, somebody who was 21 got arrested uh, with uh, third degree assault. He was, he is the... Todd is the woman who was seen punching and kicking a man in the brawl. So a woman got arrested. Uh, 23 and 25-year-old got arrested. 
48 year old guy rested man we just we just covering across the uh the, the spectrum with this age i ain't gonna lie to you everybody was getting it down so you know police is still investigating of course and it's still possible that a lot more arrests will be made but at the end of the day i don't think it would be too serious which we'll have to you know i ain't i'm a law-abiding citizen so you know as far as that situation they're probably sweating it but me right now i'm like then nobody die one no guns shot at each other i'm like at the end of the day man just just chalk it up to another a loss for people not abiding the law and getting mad when somebody tries to force it or uh implement it i think that's how it goes so officer at the end of the day that moved the boat you know he was just doing his job and the way that man just got beat up by the white family and then the black people got off the ferry one dude was swimming towards the bridge like i ain't never seen nothing like that that stuff was hey that was definitely a moment in history and uh hopefully we just leave it at that you know because we're definitely in better times but back in the old days a certain demographic would have got their get back in a very uh violent type of fashion so hopefully that doesn't happen uh not to make it morbid but hopefully we could just point this out as a time where somebody should have just moved a boat when they was asked to and none of this would have happened but anyways shout out to gmat cash which is the reason i even covered this in the first place that track is fire bar is a straight lyrical miracle spiritual like it's on point uh double triple entendres you know i ain't never see that rock bottom but it was a, it was still a hard line so anyways what do y'all think about the track by gmat cash titled montgomery brawl i may or may not put it in the description box below but of course shameless plug the analytic dreams video if you've seen it then you already know where to find it on youtube but with that being said click my link tree in my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think about the whole montgomery brawl in general and also with this track by gmat cash do you think it was fire hey it wasn't even trash so we ain't even gonna give you that option what was your favorite bar in the track first off i have to say shameless plug analytic dreams video as if you see what's on the screen right now you already know what we about to get into as daystar peterson has found himself in a predicament by predicament i mean 10 years of being in prison now of course a lot of people want to say he's only had to do you know a certain amount of time so he'll probably get out in like six to eight years but at the end of the day prison time is prison time and is not to be glorified it's not a bar but we do have to get into some bars because this man tory lanes they found himself behind him and i thought the only fitting theme for the segment would be this right here so of course shameless plug analytic dreams video but without further ado, let's get straight into it. So Daystar Peterson is a very specific individual who has a lot of outbursts, a lot of instances where you question his mental state. You know, the first time I realized that this 5-2 man was out of his mind was when Jacquees Webster, aka Travis Scott, 
finished a performance and was you know going to his trailer about to hit up kylie jenner or something like that i don't know what he's about to do but then here comes daystar peterson aka toy lanes walks into the trailer had some type of argument disagreement with travis scott so he wanted to settle it right so he thought the perfect opportunity would be after travis scott got off tour and he could walk up and, and walk into his tour bus mind you it wasn't his tour bus but he walked into it so here we are travis scott and tory lanes going back and forth where tory lanes gives the most gives the most hilarious ultimatum i've ever heard given to an individual he told travis scott are we catching a fade or are we apologizing not gonna lie to you ladies and gentlemen you have to see it and hear it for yourself to believe it he told travis scott so are we apologizing no no no. so are we catching the fade or are we apologizing now as a grown man having that said to you by a 5-2 individual as Tory Lanez is I believe that you will start qu questioning his mental state and how crazy he actually is but nonetheless let's keep continuing on Tory Lanez outburst right this man in the midst of being on bond after the Megan Thee Stallion incident went to some type of event or whatever ran into a singer and the singer has something to say which you know Tory Lanez did not take a liking to so he just lashed out and punched the individual you know forget all the controversy and scrutiny that you're under right now for currently quote-unquote shooting Megan Thee Stallion let's just haul off and punch this random singer because i'm upset that singer turned out to be august alcina which you know he didn't press any charges because at the end of the day if you're a grown man pressing charges over another grown man for punching you in the face society's just gonna look at you a type of way you know not saying that they already don't look at august alcina type of way but you know we have to put the facts where the facts lie so after that mind you tory lanes is still claiming he's innocent which my personal opinion about the whole Megan the Stallion versus Tory Lane situation is that I don't believe he actually shot her. But if you actually look at the charges for what he was under, it was basically trying to find him guilty for discharging a firearm. I know a lot of people be like, well, isn't that basically shooting her? One could say discharging a firearm and shooting somebody is a little different. You know, you see in movies all the time when the gangsters come out and just to let you know they got it on them, they pull it out and shoot in the air, shoot at the ground. Or they just don't shoot it. You know, sometimes that's just that's the actual option. <laughs> so anyways, that's what I think happened. But um, I've already given my sentiment about the whole making the stallion versus Tory Lane situation. So the biggest thing I want to break down is. Beyond scare straight featuring toy lane so we're gonna get into life the day in the life of toy lanes because for some reason nearly one week after he was sentenced to 10 years everybody just has his day-to-day happenings in or uh, behind bars and uh it's, it's very interesting how that information was acquired by none other than tmz i don't know how they do it the government may be a part of tmz at this point because i don't know how they get this information but basically the day in the life of tory lanes is that he's only allowed to go out of his cell for two hours per day and that he has to remain solo during that time no more group prayers which i heard reported around a lot of different uh outlets 
no more trying to get in good favor so you, you would get out or not get as much time you know that's all over with you got sentenced to 10 years get the door by yourself two hours per day you get to see the sun okay so anyways toy lanes is also being placed in a, in a in a part of the group that cannot be safely housed among other inmates why i have no idea there's a lot of reasons to why that could happen i'm not no lawyer or i don't know why you know that's just all i got so basically he's placed somewhere where they put people who cannot be safely housed among other inmate uh inmates what else oh excuse me he's uh allow three hours each week uh for uh fresh air time which he is allowed outside my my, my fault i ain't i ain't know all that so what was the two hours for let me see law enforcement he's out allowed out oh he's out, oh my fault he's out allowed outside of his cell for two days two hours per day but outside he's allowed three hours a week hey man don't break the law kids so anyways let's keep going tory lanes decided to give some bars behind bars as he sent this instagram post out which you know he probably didn't send it but somebody did on his publicist as mr daystar peterson said to the umbrellas i've never let a hard time in, uh, intimidate me i will never let no jail time eliminate me regardless of how they try to spin my words i have always maintained my innocence and i always will this week in court i took responsibility for all verbal and intimate moments that i share with the parties involved dot 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 that's it period in no way shape or form was i apologizing for the charges i'm being wrongfully convicted of i remain on the stance that i refuse to apologize for something that I did not do. I faced adversity my whole life and every time it looked like I would lose, I came out on top. This is nothing but another moment where my back is against the wall and I refuse to stop fighting till I come out victorious. Mind you, this is from the man who just got sentenced to 10 years in prison. Anyways, let's keep going. Tough times don't last, tough people do. To my family, friends, and umbrellas, thank you for your continued support. All right, I'm trying not to laugh. <laughs> Hold on. And then he ends the statement with, see you soon. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I had to look up the definition of soon because I ain't no way, boy. <laughs> ain't, no, ain't no way this man says see you soon. <laughs> All right, my fault, my fault. I had to look up the definition of soon. I ain't gonna hold you, bro, because I was like, maybe I, I like may, maybe I'm misinformed on what that word actually means. So I had to look it up, and after reading the definition, it just added to my stance that I think that Toy Lanes is one strange short man. So at the end of the day, I ain't gonna lie to you, bro. This is a, a interesting predicament that Daystar Peterson has found himself in. And as far as this segment of Beyond Scare Street featuring Tory Lanez, just know that tough times don't laugh, don't last, 
but tough people do. So at one point, at some time in the near future, Tory Lane says he's going to see you soon. Um, he was just sentenced to 10 years. So, you know, how that's going to happen is beyond me. But since he said it, then, you know, I guess it's going to happen at some point. But anyways, what else I want to say? Oh, yeah. Tory Lane is not apologizing for the accusations or being convicted. Of course, we already know that. What else? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, so I just want to end, end it with this. A lot of people may be a little confused because, you know, Beyond Scare Straight is a very popular TV show that typically, you know, typically covers the ages of 13 to 17 years old, right? So you may be asking yourself, why would you do a Beyond Scare Straight of Tory Lanez, aka Daystar Peterson? Well, I looked up his height. You know, his height is around 5'2". So I was just like, man, forget it. Close enough. So anyways, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know one of my social medias. What do you think about Daystar Peterson and his day in the life behind bars? And uh, do you feel bad for him? And if you do, why? Ladies and gentlemen, we have a fight on our hands because now AI-generated music has finally received recognition from the Grammys and not in the way they hoped or intended. Because ultimately, the Recording Academy, which organizes the Grammy Awards, has officially updated its rules to ban, completely ban, music created solely by artificial intelligence from being eligible for an award. Sorry to all the Patrick stands out there, to all the Mr. Crab stands out there, your Billie Jean covers will not be nominated. So anyways, this new rule will go into effect, will, uh, which goes into effect in 2024, states that human a human must have a creative role in the compositional performance of the work and this means that ai generated music can still be eligible so for people out there who's like i can't use ai at all i mean you can but you have to have human involvement in the creative project uh process whereas uh whether it's writing or playing the instrument it has to be some type of human element into the AI music. Also, a lot of people try to trick the system and just say it's human when it's completely AI. Some way, somehow, the Recording Academy is able to notice if it's AI or if it's uh, entirely created by AI. I don't know how they'll be at a, a differentiate. Uh, I can't. That's not even a word. <laughs> I don't even know how they'll be able to. Uh, differentiate differentiate no that's not it differentiate is that the word i don't know anyways y'all get what i'm saying i don't know how they'll be able to split up ai generated music from human plus ai generated music like i feel like it's the same like i don't think ai generation generated music makes itself you know like there has to be a human like okay i want mr crab vocals over a billy Jean sample like a human you know was in play with that whole creative process but as far as writing the lyrics or playing an instrument i think that's where you'll be able to tell the most because obviously billy jean is from a michael jackson song and obviously the instruments was already made when they made the beat so anyways i think it still would be a, a little difficult to um 
I think it is differentiate. Anyways, <laughs> um, I think it'd be a little bit hard to actually tell what's completely AI and what's not. As even nowadays, it's getting really scary and spooky on the uh, evolution of t uh, AI and how it's uh, seamlessly integrating into different forms of entertainment, whether it's podcasts, music. Um, there's a lot of other things that we're going to even uh, cover on this podcast. Studios, studios are now wanting to use ele uh, the advancement of AI to not pay people, essentially. <laughs> like We're going to get to the segment. It's not funny, but, you know, th if there's a, a CEO or the owner of a multi-billion dollar company, they're going to find some type of way to, to uh, skew the little man, if that's the right word, as this evolution of AI, uh, AI technology just told every billionaire on earth that now I can get rid of more people, which will in turn make me more money, which is why we have the whole SAG and uh, WGA strikes going on right now. But I'm going to get into that for uh, later in this podcast. But basically, what you need to know is the Recording Academy says that the rule is necessary to ensure that the Grammys continue to recognize human creativity, which is a big point that they are. Uh, highlighted they also said that the rule is intended to protect protect musicians and their livelihoods because i ain't gonna lie ai music has been the highlight of my year i don't know about you but all of these ai collabs from ariana grande to um what is it yeah ariana grande to michael jackson to the weekend collabing with michael jackson like a lot of this stuff keeps going back to michael jackson also kanye west kanye west has a lot of you know interesting features whether it's uh kanye west and tupac uh notorious big and jay-z like ai evolution has given us some of the greatest collabs in history and i'm i'm being so serious like the music created by ai has been better than most if not everything i've heard this year so that's just a testament to uh how seamless and how genuine and authentic ai has came Oh no, AI has evolved into making the music sound. So anyways, uh, some people have criticized the rule saying it's unfair to AI musicians and it stifles innovation. I don't agree with that at all. And then others have defended it saying it's necessary to preserve to inte the integrity of the Grammy Awards, which I wholeheartedly agree with. As long as you have some creative and put into the actual music making, I could see it becoming a problem. But for the most part, a lot of these people using AI heavily is just straight up ripping like older successful tracks and putting like modern day popular voices on it. So um, yeah, I'm definitely torn between how those people feel but as far as this rule i think it helps out and i think it's very much uh needed because you know a lot of people are going to try to submit their crusty crabs billy jean cover for the grammys which is just insane in itself but i'm glad there's actually rules in place now to stop that type of uh wave because that's just that's just not it but anyways click my link tree in my bio let me know one of my social medias what do you think about the whole grammys versus ai do you think they should be allowed or do you think fully ai generated tracks should be allowed to be submitted to the grammy or the recording academy or do you believe it has to have some type of human creative role in the process
These two individuals have been impacting their respective entertainment fields for a while now, but this type of collaboration is only here today because of the evolution of AI. As we keep continuing the conversation of AI technology and what it has allowed us to do as people, we have to get into one of the most interesting let's just say uh, relationships over the internet that's never came into fruition because I believe Drake was supposed to appear on the Joe Rogan podcast back in 2018 I believe because apparently they've been fond of each other from afar or whatever with drake tweeting a picture of himself wearing a t-shirt with joe rogan's face on it joe rogan responded with uh by tweeting i love you drake 2020 uh drake appeared on the cover of rolling stone magazine with joe wrote well no uh, that, that actually with uh yeah yeah drake appeared on the cover of rolling stone magazine with joe rogan and let me see i don't think that i don't know if uh I'm not too sure about that one. Don't quote me on that. I'm looking at a bunch of different articles right now. And Drake. Something about COVID. Anyways, Drake always defended Joe Rogan. Oh, because Joe Rogan was talking crazy. Yeah, I remember that because Spotify, you know, the amount of money. That's how you know if you're a powerful man. The stuff that Joe Rogan was saying about COVID, any other person saying that same thing would have got deleted off the platform but because joe rogan makes them so much money like they was like hey you know what we're just gonna put up a you know how uh twitter has those like community notes or whatever they just started putting that up for joe rogan episode it was like man we ain't trying to take them down so let's just put up a uh, little notes to let people know that this is still a real thing and whatever he's saying is false so that's how you know you got a lot of power because any other part i mean any other podcast it would just been deleted off the platform also that reminds me of when dave Chappelle went on that whole rant when he was giving his whole uh his uh stand-up when he was giving a stand-up went to the lgbtq um situation his sentiments and then ended up saying very offensive things to the point where the community spoke out and guess what netflix said they was like yeah we hear y'all but uh we still gonna keep his stand uh, his special up and that's how i knew that uh he was just a different level of impact for the for the brand you can kind of tell who's making a lot of money for the brand by the way they cape for one another as uh you see you seeing the same thing with the nba and john Morant. i mean yes he did get suspended quote unquote but by the time he comes back man i bet you nike's still gonna be making john Morant shoes so, so anyways um uh, got a little side tangent but the biggest thing i want to get into you know shameless plug to our analytic dreams video is that this has uh given us a joe rogan and drake interview so now the thing that we've all been waiting for has been given to us because of the evolution of AI technology. So without further ado, let's get into that right now. Also, you should probably know this is not actually Joe Rogan and Drake. Hopefully I don't have to say that for, you know, after talking about AI extensively. But um, for the people who still think this is Joe Rogan, it's not. It's Joe Rogan AI. <laughs> it's just like made up by AI technology. But the way this conversation flows, it's pretty scary how authentic it is so anyways let's get into it right now bitches here we go drake don't you don't you just love coming in on the expletive anyways let's keep going 
how are you, man? I'm good, Joe. I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's uh, it's great to be here, really. I'm glad you could make it. Now, there's a lot I want to talk to you about today, but let's kick things off with something that's been making the rounds recently. Yeah, okay. This new AI-generated Drake song. Oh, yeah, that's right. Hey, Have man. Heard it? Analytic yeah, exclusive. Yeah, man, I was playing. I was playing. It's interesting, you know. The first man to ever uh, get a Drake a and Joe Rogan interview like on his own podcast. Like How about that? It's like an auditory doppelganger, right? Yeah, exactly. It's like this uh, this digital double, you know. I mean, yeah. it's interesting, but it's also uh, a bit unsettling, you know. It's, it's very unsettling, well, it's man. It's certainly a fascinating concept. The idea that an AI can learn and mimic your style to the point of creating a whole new song. It's crazy, man. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the whole AI-generated music? <laughs> all right, that's all, that's all we're going to... We ain't going to watch the whole thing, but basically, uh, it may or may not be in my description box below. Of course, if you watched along with me on Analytic Dreams video, you already see the title. Uh, let me go out right quick. Man. This is the actual channel right here that Joe Rogan literally called the Joe Rogan AI experience. He has a whole channel, and it's... How many subscribers is that? Let me see right quick. Um, 15.9 subscribers? I honestly can't see that for Y'all know, like, I have, like, a bunch of screens. So, for y'all, it's a little closer. Let me see. Yeah, 15.9 subscribers. And uh, it's literally a whole channel based off Joe Rogan AI content. But, no, I just thought that was so hilarious. Like, the way that this is just set up. Human level, you know. And, like, it's actually. Because uh, that's what it's all about. Like, this is just crazy. That human connection. So, anyways, y'all get what I'm saying. The evolution of AI has lent has lended itself to a lot of creations where we otherwise wouldn't have had, even though it seems like Joe Rogan and Drake have a pretty nice relationship and Drake's just doing interviews with, you know, a lot of people nowadays. I'm not going to say just anybody because that's definitely not true, but he's doing a lot of interviews nowadays. Joe Rogan and Drake should definitely sit down at some point because if you don't remember, uh, Kanye West right. sat down yeah. with Joe Rogan, so you know yeah. Drake is definitely trying to one-up Kanye by having an even more popular yeah. Yeah. Uh, Joe no Rogan AI, interview. No matter how sophisticated, can replicate the soul and emotion of a human artist. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. Look at the way they got him dressed, though. Like, that's just ridiculous. Anyway, <laughs> uh, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about the whole Joe Rogan and Drake interview given to us through the evolution of AI? And what would you like to see as a collaboration with the use of AI? So out of everything you watch, what is the biggest collab that you haven't seen yet that you would like to see with this new AI technology? First off, as always, shameless plug to Analytic Dreams video, but I have to say, man, you know, Making a company a lot of money is something that I only think certain people appreciate because to know the behind the scenes of how hard it is to generate certain revenue and just become the top dog in your certain field, it's just harder than I believe people give credit. Because, you know, McDonald's being the top dog in the fast food world has been a fact for many many decades mcdonald's is a very successful company i mean it has a strong global brand you know what i mean a very very loyal customer fan base and it makes so many certain changes in marketing type strategies with popular people 
aka the offset and cardi b meal which just impacts the community like no other fast food but why am i bringing this up because you know a lot of people are credited with the with the the dominance of just the number one fast food status of mcdonald's a lot of people you know like the the owner of mcdonald's or the people who serve the burger and fries at mcdonald's but the you know you want to know the number one reason why mcdonald's is on top the number one paying customer of all time once again shout out to my analytic dreams video version on spotify and you will come to find out that answer by looking at the video right now yes ladies and gentlemen the cat is out the bag dj academics is the reason why mcdonald's is the top fast food chain in the world in terms of sales <clears throat> see where else can you find the information other than notorious mass effect now anyways let's get straight into the uh subject matter which is dj academics and little uzi vert now I don't know why he didn't just title this the interview because this is 31 minutes. Best believe me, we're not watching all 31 minutes of this. But I do kind of want to get into the mind of Little Uzi Vert as that's what, just, that's what this is literally titled. And the McDonald's number one customer in the world got the interview done himself. So we want to get into it right now. And as always, you know, we're getting into big act type activities we have to acknowledge that certain artists sit down with academics because of his impact on the hip-hop community i mean just ask little baby who seems like the whole world has turned on him in just what a, a year to him falling off everybody was comparing him to drake like a year or two ago and now in the past year everybody says that he fell off now why is that i'm not putting that solely on academics but i am saying him naming academics in this album in a negative in a derogatory way that led to academics responding in the way that he did led a lot of people to be very critical of little baby even after giving us timeless classics uh classics like bigger than me and um There's a lot of tracks he gave. But anyways, you get what I'm saying. The um the, the entire album, my turn, is just straight fire. But anyways, since then, it seems like he's on a downward spiral, uh, a spiral and not touring-wise, but a lot of people will say that, but I think they're a little misinformed. But this is about Lil Uzi Vert. Basically, I'm saying academics is really impactful in the hip-hop community, which is why artists like Uzi Stature, who always has the mysterious tag on them, will sit down with the likes of academics and give him a 31 minute just not interview but i guess just a conversation tidbit to put up on his channel because this is on the academics channel and so it didn't seem like uzi was uh very restrictive when talking with academics and that's the type of impact that he has over this uh hip-hop industry and so and, and granted he is one man he is one man compared to the likes of tmz shade room i don't know who else uh Basically, you get it. He's one man being compared to huge conglomerate companies, which should show you the type of impact that he has. But you know, enough, enough. What they say, glazing. Enough glazing. Let's get, straight, let's get straight into the conversation between academics and Uzi. But I always thought that, like, yo, based on how you live your life, we yeah. don't, like, you don't do anything. I don't. Hold on, hold on. But I'm gonna tell you why I think you don't. 
because I don't think you would want to answer shit. It's and pointless to. It's pointless to answer, bro. Bro. I've been no, selling no, records, right? And it's not about that either. But I'm just talking about I've been Hell no. I've been selling records without anyone knowing anything about me. And I know. By the way, and, and, and also, also, just, just to let you know and make you like I don't know. This really was just a vlog of me. So, so this, this is not this is not an interview, really. And, and by the way, it, it, it's not because in reality, one day I I would want to sit down with you. On, yeah, we can do that. On some real shit. So, you know what I mean? You but I Yo, imagine somebody say, one day I want to sit down with you while actually sitting down and talking to you for 30 minutes. The joke's right itself. But anyways, let's keep going. I want you to be comfortable. I'm fine. I knew you my whole career, technically. I know, of course, of course. Technically, no. technicality. Like, I knew you my whole career. No, so, of course. You know what I mean? They went up. I know him from goddamn... The world Chirac. That's what I knew you from. Like, Why I, I don't do that? <laughs> Yo, Uzi. I swear to God. I, you probably did, but I was... It's your boy, it's your boy DJ. Oh, that's so like, good. Yo, like, Uzi, that's... but I was covering you. I ain't gonna lie to you. This is supreme glazing right here. So I remember... I hey, I thought I was giving props, but look at this. This is ridiculous. Easier for me to understand a different city. I'm from Philly. No, no, you're right. You're right. You made that shit super easy for the world to understand. It was. It actually was like, as much hate as, as much. Listen, this is some real shit. As much hate as you got for that, you probably got fifty percent more on top of the hundred love on that because you gotta understand. <laughs> yo, yo, hold on. Who is that in the background? I ain't trying to be the FBI, but what type yeah, of operation they got going on back there? As you got for that, I see a bunch of moving around, and the dude just walk out. Like he was only there for a certain purpose. Anyways, let me just you know. That you had to figure out. And then the dude followed him. Hold up, man. See, I ain't trying to be 1090 Jake or DJ uh, or DJ Vlad, but it's a little little mysterious stuff going on. That's all I gotta say. In a language that we all can understand, no matter if you was black, white, anything. You're right. I, I, I'm not gonna lie. You really made it like that was you right. was ahead of your time with that. that was all right. So, anyways, y'all get what I'm saying. So, inside the mind of Lil Uzi Vert, you have to watch the rest of. We only got two minutes here, but you get you can watch the. Uh, actually, let's see what what else academics has to say, because you know I ain't. I don't think Uzi's just glazing for this whole time, but that was crazy. Hey, last thing I just want to say. Do not go to. Oh, ain't no way this is an ad. Hold up, give me one second. It is Kevin Hart though, so you know we support black business, but we definitely not watching that. Uh, so we just, we just go play that in the background. Why? Before I can skip it, little astronaut says Supreme glazing at his finest. At his finest, man. At his finest. I ain't gonna lie to you. And if y'all wonder who I'm talking about after the fact, uh, just know I stream while also doing these episodes. So, um, if you want to follow my YouTube or Kick. It's definitely in my link tree in my bio. But anyways, let's get back to this interview. That was the young nigga news. <laughs> Yo, last thing I want to say, one time, I promise you, me and Uzi, <laughs> I don't even know why. Oh, he's about to get into the beef. Yeah, anybody trying to hear about that. So anyways, um, I like what Uzi said at the end because he was definitely, hold up. That was the young nigga news. <laughs> Look, I, I like that point. I, I'm going to leave it off at that because in general, he's definitely uh, speak, uh, spitting facts right there. Even though it was uh, supreme glazing, as astronaut said, it was definitely on to some, as if y'all can tell, if y'all can't tell, 
by the name i'm definitely inspired off academics as i cover hip-hop but i also cover gaming so it's like had to switch that up as far as the the whole name but academics in our dc world is two of my biggest inspirations for even creating content so covering stuff like this i always enjoy doing because they're still to this day impacting the hip-hop and the gaming community for our dc world but in, in general which is really impactful in the respective entertainment fields. So what I wanted to say was uh, this whole vlog by academics was very interesting because if you look at the timestamp, look, it's a vlog, but look, look who's in it. Uzi and academics. This man did a whole 31 minute interview without saying there's an interview. Man, that is, that is W finesse right there. I've never seen more finesse than what I just saw right there. That man said this ain't an interview and proceeded to sit down and talk to this man for 31 minutes straight. If that's not an interview, I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm maybe I'm uh, misinformed on what an actual interview is. But asking the questions, getting into background details of how y'all even know each other, I, maybe I'm tripping. But uh, that's basically it for the whole segment. Uh, once again, I want to reiterate my st uh, statements, my opening statements by saying that, you know, congratulations for, for this man right here. Oh, let me see what I find. Get a little still shot. Yeah. Congratulations to this man right here. You know, he's, this is the pose he was doing while thanking me for con congratulating him. Just picture that in your mind. So uh, basically, congratulations to McDonald's number one top customer. Uh, let me see. Let me find this. Find this fact right here. All right, here we go. So, you know, just put this in your mind that this is the pose that he's doing while, while I'm praising him right quick, okay? So I just want to give ultimate flowers to McDonald's number one customer. I mean, as I just read off, I mean, McDonald's is just leaps and bounds in the billions above all the rest of the fast food companies. And that's um, none other the reasons for that is none other than this man right here for buying all the the apple pies, large fries, the uh the Big Macs, uh the Little Macs. I don't think they have Little Macs, but we're just gonna keep going. But the McChickens, you know, uh the McGriddles, you know, this man right here being McDonald's top selling customer, it's just man, give it up for academics, man. Give it up for him. If you want to know the list, I mean it goes McDonald's at 274 billion goodness to starbucks at 251 billion so just think of all these would it be mcdonald's number one 274 starbucks 251 kfc 203 subway 193 and to round off the top five burger king at 187 if you didn't know that now you do and what other type of information can you get like that other than a notorious mass effect man i'm just letting you know man I'm just i'm really i'm really spitting that you know whatever you do after this you know just know that analytic dreams gave you that fact to take through you for the for the rest of your lifetime but yeah so anyways click my link tree in my bio let me know one of my social medias what do you think about this whole vlog with mcdonald's number one customer and a uh, little uzi vert and will you be watching this vlog in its entirety this is one of the most interesting topics to me because even though it doesn't particularly fall into hip-hop or the gaming category, overall, entertainment, escapism, 
is provided in my opinion solely by hollywood actors i think the amount of movies and tv shows that we watch on a daily basis not only influences and not only has a immense influence on our life but also brings us into a certain area where we can escape reality and just watch our favorite show so with that being said this whole strike by the writers and actors is very interesting to me and intriguing because not only does that mean that content is going to start being postponed and indefinitely but hollywood studios such as a netflix such as a disney such as a sony is acting like they can't give a care in the world like they don't care at all supposedly um based off of grace randolph which i would definitely follow her she's of she's very much a professional when it comes to covering tv and movies you know i, I just try i try my best but if you want to hear uh one of the professionals grace randolph is who you should go to but anyways going off of what she said she was basically <clears throat> she was basically saying that the hollywood studios wanted the writers back to put the actors in a peculiar situation where they're the only ones striking but when they met with the writers apparently they couldn't come to a deal so now we're back to both of them still uh being on strike so hollywood studios just like well forget both the both of them as you can see in the title they are quietly quote-unquote <laughs> hiring um ai specialists amongst the uh, uh amid amid amongst amongst the <laughs> the writers and actors strike so netflix is hiring a nine hundred thousand per year ai product manager i ain't gonna lie to y'all there's a certain word for that for the uh writers strike called scab i believe they say if you cross that picket line for certain things once the strike is over you're going to be like blackballed or whatever i don't know they keep throwing that word out called scab i don't know if this falls in line with that but it seems pretty scabby to me i know that's not a word i just made it up gotta roll with me so anyways um disney is looking for generative ai specialists and sony is seeking an ai ethics expert so i don't know how much they're paying but it seems like it probably is the same um, same or if not more dollar amount that netflix is uh offering and this is not good why this is not good because all your favorite movies tv shows that you think are going to come out in the next year are probably most likely going to get postponed if they're being made in america the reason i say america is because apparently if you're a Canadian actor doing a Canadian movie, they can still come out. So all of the people who like Idris Alba, I don't know if he's from the United States, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I just honestly don't know. If he does a movie in his home country, I don't know if that's the same because he's not an American actor. I don't know if that works. I don't know if that, you know, I'm not the professional expert in that, but I'm just putting forth the case in uh a set scenario because a certain canadian actor melissa ford from the joe budden podcast says she was in a movie in canada and that doesn't make her a scab or against the wga because apparently she's a canadian actor doing a movie in canada so that doesn't 
correlate with the WGA or the um, or SAG. I don't know. So many letters, man. Like, why is it so confusing? WGA and SAG. So she's not a part of that. So she can do Canadian movies. So I always I'm interested to see people or the actors who's not from America if they if they will go back if it gets that serious because it seems like this is a sign that. Uh, the studios are not trying to work with the writers or actors at all. So if it gets to that point where everything's really going to get pushed back, maybe the actors, well, well, the overseas actors who are not from America will start making movies in their home country. I don't know if that'll happen, but we're going to see. What else? So yeah, that's basically it. So instead of paying the writers and actors what they're owed, Hollywood studios have resulted into hiring people to manage their AI technology. So click my link tree in my bio. Let me know one of my social medias. What do you think about this whole Hollywood studios versus writers and actors and which side are you on? And also, do you think in the long, well, when do you think this would be resolved? Do you think it will be a while? AKA, six to ten months or do you think it'll be resolved in the near future first off you already know i have to say shameless plug to my analytic dreams video spotify channel as if you want to see the video elements along with me talking definitely follow that as it's in my link tree in my bio or you could just search it up if you're already on spotify analytic dreams video with that being said we have our official and by official I mean, take this with a grain of salt. <laughs> As people report, you know, sometimes it's fake, sometimes it's true. I believe this one's is is pretty credible coming from this site. Uh, let me see, Rhino, the bouncer, which you know may not sound as credible, but when you see the video attached with it, it's pretty credible if you ask me. So, anyways, we're getting into the PlayStation Five Slim slash detachable disc model and the leak of what it actually looks like. So, if you uh, turn with me to uh, this video right here, we have our official quote-unquote look at the PS5 Slim. And as you see, it is looking mighty slim, I might ask. You know what I mean? I don't know if the PS5 been working out. I don't know if it's on some type of diet. You know, I heard that a vegetarian diet is really helping out most uh, professional athletes. But as far as the PS5, as you see, this is the first supposed look at it. And um, all I got to say is, but everything you need to know about the PlayStation 5 Slim is that it's expected to be released sometime in 2024. So I don't think it will come out this year, but sometime 2024, this uh, model will come out. It's supposed to be smaller and lighter than the PS5. Of course, it's called Slim. I would hope so. <laughs> it has a detachable disc drive, unlike the PS5 Digital Edition. If you don't know, there's a PS5 Edition. Then there's an edition where you can get it without the disc because, you know, most people nowadays buy their games on their their uh, the marketplace. So it's like online. So it's Sony Marketplace and then the Xbox Marketplace, I believe is what it's. I don't know if that's the actual name, but basically most people get their games online and they just download it, right? So PS5 has a disc version and a digital edition of the PS5. Either way you go, it's still humongous. I don't know how in the world did we go backwards in the size of our consoles, but here we are. So now, 
PlayStation saw this, they heard the critiques, and now they're coming out with a PS5 Slim, which I already knew this from first time I bought, well, the only time, but the time I, uh, I finally, you know, bought a PS5 and realized that this thing is humongous, basically bigger than any router I've ever had for like Wi-Fi, and that should tell you something. Like, Wi-Fi routers nowadays are pretty small, but let's compare it to uh, a PC. So usually consoles are not as big as the ps5 currently and that was a, a, a very interesting size that playstation went with because i don't think the ps4 ps3 or even like the older consoles was that uh big granted you could say is is way more powerful so well it is more powerful so it's going to be bigger but with the evolution of technology usually things get smaller as they progress if that makes sense i mean obviously the iphone is bigger but that's because i guess people like big phones for me i like smaller ones so with the evolution of technology it made things more powerful but smaller with this ps5 it is not the case so i'm so glad to coming out with a ps5 slim as like i just said it's supposed to be smaller supposed to be lighter uh, it's powered by the same AMD Zen 2 plus RDNA 2 processor as the current uh, PS5, which that's another tidbit. PS5 and the Xbox Series One, uh, no, Xbox Series X and S, so confusing, I know, but stay with me, are now current gen. So every time somebody says current gen or current gen and referring to the PlayStation 4 or the Xbox One, you have to politely inform them that they are now speaking on retro consoles technically the definition of a retro console is a console that's been around for 10 plus years and guess what xbox one and the ps4 <laughs> has been around for 10 plus years so guess what they are now retro consoles so with that being out the way when saying current gen you should be talking about the ps5 <laughs> and the xbox series x and s y'all wonder why these games come out unoptimized and that's why people like to hold on to the old software and wonder why their game's running like trash but also the ps5 slim will have all the capabilities of the regular ps5 you know uh 4k hd gaming hdr all that good stuff ssd uh supposed to have a faster ssd which i don't know you know if that's going to be the case but we'll see supposed to be backwards compatible uh compatible with the ps4 games and it's, and it's rumored to cost around 400 dollars now why the 400 dollars price tag which is definitely less than the ps5 i think because technically if you get a ps5 slim you probably already have a ps5 and I know I'm saying that tongue-in-cheek because it's so hard to get a PS5. I mean, we already saw it with the whole New York situation with the riots because of Kai Sinet. But I do believe that this is cheaper because I don't know if they want to apologize for the whole rollout of the PS5, but this will probably help out more people to buy the PS5 Slim because it's cheaper, it's smaller, it's lighter. Why would you not get a PS5 Slim? It's even uh, going to be i'm assuming it's going to be more accessible than when the ps5 first came out because if you don't know there was a whole chip shortage right when the uh when covid happened because everything shut down so chip shortage you know it was a shortage of a lot of things let's just say that but one of them in particular was the chip shortage so now that we have ps5s actually accessible to where you can go out and buy one instead of like trying to buy one off of somebody for like twice the price i think them coming out with a ps5 slim is uh 
pretty interesting as far as the time the timing of it and i do think it would be impactful because with the four hundred dollar price tag i don't see anybody who will not uh, trade in a ps5 to get a ps5 uh, slim so that's what i'm thinking um also uh additional details are also rumors but i just have to say it for the people out there who are wondering more about like what the ps5 slim entails it's supposed to have uh a USB-C port on the front for faster data transfer transfer. I think the PS5 has a USB-C port as well. So anyways, um, and it's supposed to have longer battery life for the DualSense controller. Now, I don't know how that is. I mean, these are all rumors and speculation from a plethora of sites. I mean, I looked at this one, um, as you see on the screen right now, Rhino the Bouncer. I also looked at some other articles from uh, Insider Gaming uh microsoft because you know you have to file for this this type of stuff and uh um microsoft claimed that sony will be releasing a ps5 slim for some reason i don't know why but they just in court beefing so they just letting all the cats out the bag so uh and also with this leaked image and video which i'm showing you right now the leaked video let me just keep playing this in the background i believe that this will in fact be happening sometime soon as if they already have a model like this and it's and it's getting into the hands of leakers then you already know that that something's going to come of it and i don't think at any point they're going to put this out in the near future but 2024 i do oh i will see i could see the christmas type phase being um being the uh, release date for the ps5 slim so i could see this coming out like november december in 2024 uh i guess it could come out late this year but i don't i don't see that at all but i guess we're gonna see but i just wanted to keep you on form once again these are leaks and um rumors so you know at the end of the day this man could be just holding up some type of fake console that he made but at the end of, but uh after doing a lot of research it seems like this is probably what's going to end up looking like so anyways Click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about the whole PS5 Slim? And also, if this actually comes out at the end of this year or the end of next year, will you be trading in your current PS5 for the PS5 Slim? So for people out there who still have an Xbox for some reason, because I'm not condemning Xbox users or players, but let's just say Spider-Man 2 is coming out in October. And you wanted to play the game, right? If you wanted to play it and you went to the store, your local store or to the digital store of Xbox and you try to look for Spider-Man 2 when it eventually comes out, uh, comes out in October, you will be unfortunately upset because uh, Spider-Man is a PlayStation exclusive. If you don't know, Sony owns the right to Spider-Man. So what they ended up doing was making Spider-Man a PlayStation exclusive to raise console sales and boy did they raise it they raised it to the point that microsoft literally went out and bought the producers or just the company behind call of duty that's how significant that the gap was between the console war like playstation had kratos which is god of war uh spider-man of course uh, what else i think they have last of us uh horizon forbidden west uh ratchet and clank Basically, they have a lot of exclusive titles that's very, very popular. So Microsoft was like, you know what? Instead of buying or instead of having specific characters exclusive to us, we're just going to buy the whole company. Because if you don't know, Microsoft makes way more money as a company than Sony. But we're going to get to that later in this podcast. We're specifically focusing on 
Xbox Live Gold being replaced with the Xbox Game Pass Core and it and will be replaced September 4th, 2023. And just pour one out for all my Xbox Live Gold fanboys out there because it's officially getting replaced with the Xbox Game Pass Core, which makes sense because the route that Microsoft is taking in having a hub of video games available to you at a certain cost rather than specific characters exclusive to the platform is a move that I think will end up impacting PlayStation in a way that they will have to uh, assimilate and have the same model going forward. Cause I do believe that the game pass is a very nice bang for your buck model. Xbox live gold. Um, I don't know. Uh, game pass core will cost the same as Xbox live gold at nine 99 per month or 59 99 per year. So you still are paying the same amount for over 25 games in your library exclusive deals and discounts um what else the biggest thing about the xbox game pass core is that unfortunately <clears throat> sorry i don't know what that was unfortunately not everybody can afford to go out and purchase certain games at a 70 dollars price tag right when they come out so the xbox game pass is kind of like a very nice model for people to have a plethora of games as a child with low family household income if that makes sense so this whole model i really like it i really like the way that this model is set up because instead of having to buy little timmy a 70 dollar game that he's only going to play once or twice and he's going to want the want another game to keep them entertained i believe that this hub of games that you can subscribe to for 59.99 a year compare that to the next gen game prices which is now 70 dollars the amount of quality you're getting for a little to no well to little to no cost compared to like the grand scheme of things like imagine you buy two games right you buy two games for little timmy now you're at 140 dollars out of out of pocket <laughs> and the xbox game pass is 59.99 per year so if you look at that it's like wow i'm really getting my money's worth out of buying an xbox so i could see microsoft in the future surpassing playstation and popularity simply because of the game pass model but if you don't know playstation is also trying to implement some type of I forget what it's called but basically they're going to try to implement the same thing for their hub so there's always been free games certain free games on each and every console if you buy like the um the basically the like playstation plus or xbox live gold which you need to play with others as, as far as multiplayer type games but um there's never been a hub to where you can subscribe to and a bunch of games it's just uh, like a bunch of top tier games like uh gears 5 uh, Forza Horizon 4, uh, Psychonauts 2, uh, a plethora of other games. I'm, there's so many to name off. But basically, this has not been done in this fashion before, which makes Game Pass Core stand out from Xbox Live Gold. Usually, Xbox Live Gold would get games that nobody, not nobody wanted, but it would just be very old. Game Pass Core kind of puts 
it's like when movies and TV shows went from you only being able to see it at first in theaters to like a week later and went to streaming. That's how Game Pass Core is for gaming. Now you can have a plethora of games at your disposal in a whole gaming hub instead of having to wait months and years later until it became free or to a price where you can afford it. So I really I applaud this type of model because for the less fortunate people out there who can't afford to buy next gen games at its $70 price tag as soon as it comes out, the Xbox game, the Xbox Game Pass Core is definitely the evolution of gaming that I think is very positive for the gaming community. So overall, this replacement of Xbox Live Gold with Game Pass Core is a positive move, not only for the xbox gamers before the gaming community as it allows less fortune i don't even want to put it that way like it's only for the less fortunate but just the obvious fact is if you're less fortunate it gives you more games to play more discounts and more value for the money that you're spending so at the end of the day it's a w not only for the gaming community well it's a w not only for xbox gamers but also for the gaming community so click my link tree in my bio. Let me know what about social media is. What do you think about the Xbox Live Gold being replaced with the Game Pass Core on September 14th, 2023? And also, do you think that you would be more inclined to buy Xbox with this new game hub set in place for the Xbox Marketplace? I don't refer to myself as a Sony pony, but I do have to point out the fact that in terms of gaming, the gap between Microsoft and Sony is insurmountable, if that's the word, as I think PS5 has officially won the console race. I think we've gotten to a very distinct time in history where the PlayStation is just outselling Microsoft by a landslide. Like if you look, oh, it's not a landslide, but in the billions talk, is not a landslide but in like how much a billion is actually worth it's a pretty surmountable gap between playstation division and microsoft's xbox division as in 2021 playstation division pulled in 24.887 billion in revenue while microsoft's xbox division made 16.28 billion then sony's play uh in 2022 Sony's PlayStation division made 24 billion while well 24.4 billion you know can't leave out can't, can't leave out that 0.4 when we're talking in the billions uh in revenue while Microsoft's Xbox division made 15. uh 56 billion and then for the first 6 months of 2023 so this year <laughs> Sony's PlayStation division made 11.9 billion in revenue while Microsoft's Xbox division made 8.9 so of course if you add all that up sony in the past three years has a pretty significant gap when it comes to revenue in their gaming division uh compared to microsoft and the reason why i have this article pulled up right now is because sony um 
reported a 31% drop in operating income for the fiscal first quarter, citing a decrease in profits at its financial services and movies business, which is and captivates everything as a company, right? But as far as the gaming division, that's what I wanted to focus on, as Sony sold 3.3 million units of the PS5 in its April to June quarter, up 38% year over year. So the reason I bring that up is because Sony has made 74.1 billion in gaming revenue in the past three years. Microsoft has made 56.3 billion, right? This means Sony is leading in the gaming division by 17.8 billion in gaming revenue over Microsoft. You know, not calling myself analytic dreams for no reason because we are definitely pocket watching these numbers. As it's important to note that this is only the gaming division because now let's transition. <laughs> into Microsoft as a whole, because the reason why Microsoft is able to literally go out and purchase all of these owners of all of these popular games like Call of Duty, whereas Sony even had to come out and say, hey, this is unfair. They're out here buying everything and no type of competitive. Um, we can't have no type of competitive advantage if they end up buying the company that owns Call of Duty, right? And you're probably wondering, why is Sony complaining like this if they've been leading in the gaming division for so long? Because one, Call of Duty is probably one of the most popular games ever made, of course. And then two, Microsoft as a company has way more money than uh, Sony. And, and uh, bringing in everything as far as what they do as a company, Microsoft has way more capital at their exposure than uh, Sony. Because Microsoft, as of March 8th, 2023 so basically is as up to date as you would get as far as a company their uh, market capitalization is of 2.3 trillion with a t 2.3 trillion dollars <laughs> sony on the other hand has a market capitalization of 143.1 billion with a b so, you know, I'm no mathematician, but 2.3 trillion seems a lot more than 143 billion. Maybe I'm, you know, maybe I'm, maybe I'm mistaken, but you know, as I'm reading, it says I'm not because, you know, Microsoft is 16, is worth 16, well, about 16 times more than Sony. So anyways, Microsoft's greater financial resources is due because they have a way more diverse portfolio than Sony. I mean, Microsoft has the largest, I don't know if it's the largest or one of the largest, but I believe it's the largest software division in the world. And also, um, Sony, on the other hand, is primarily focused on the entertainment industry with gaming being its most profitable segment. So what Microsoft is great in is the software division, whereas Sony is their gaming division. So that's why when I get to talking about gaming, Sony is usually a console I hold in higher regard compared to the Xbox because for the past two generations, which is the PS5 and the PS4, they've been leaps and bounds ahead of its time as far as quality than what the Xbox uh, the Xbox Series X and the Xbox One has given us. So, and that's not even like it. For me, reason I went from Xbox to PlayStation is simply because Spider-Man, one of my favorite fictional, no, my, 
favorite fictional creation of all time is exclusively on PlayStation. So I decided to make this to jump from Xbox One to PS5. No, Xbox One to PS4. So I did at one point in time have an Xbox One. Once I realized Spider-Man PS4 was only for PlayStation, guess what? I made the switch. So anyways, that is ladies ladies and gentlemen, that is what you call a console seller. So anyways, um with that being said, the reason why I wanted to get into this is is cuz sometimes gamers as a whole are not as informed as uh you would like them to be. So with my platform now, I feel like it's my kind of responsibility to try to, you know, put the information in front of you where these two companies stand as a whole and where as gaming divisions stand. Because as gamers, you would just look at Sony and be like, wow, they make way more money than Microsoft. But as a company, Microsoft is like, it's not even, they're not even getting close. Like Microsoft could buy Sony if they wanted to, like literally. Like if it wasn't because of monopoly rules set in place to where companies can't just buy everything, then Microsoft could could literally straight up buy Sony. So anyways, with that being said, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about that business talk with uh, Microsoft versus Sony? And in general, what was your favorite fact throughout this segment? It is time to get into... The game that a lot of people, if not everybody, is calling Game of the Year. Now, for all my gaming fans out there, just know this is going to be an informative segment while also covering the plethora of numbers when it comes to video game sales. As Baldur's Gate 3 origin story is where we have to start, but then we're going to transition into the sales. As Baldur's Gate 3 is a role-playing video game developed and published by Larian Studios. Hopefully I said that right. And it's a sequel to Baldur's Gate Enhanced Edition and Baldur's Gate 2 Enhanced Edition. So, obviously, the game is set in uh, a Dungeons and Dragons type of campaign setting. Uh, it's created, well, players can create a party up to four characters and explore uh, a region in the forgotten realms so you know a lot of nerd talk is going to be throughout this segment so just st stick with me as i'm not a huge fan of turn-based combat i mean i believe i've played a turn-based card game in marvel's midnight suns but with my interest in marvel characters i put the turn-based combat like hesitation to the side to play it because it's my favorite characters in a video game ended up liking it marvel midnight suns to this day is a game i still have to complete but i just simply believe that turn-based card games is a turnoff for most gamers so to see that Baldur's gate 3 is not only a turn-based combat game a single player game but also a multiplayer game Oh no, it will have a, a multiplayer support in a future update. And the game is currently in early access. Basically, I say all that to say this. So basically, all you need to know, Baldur's Gate 3 is in early access and it's already outselling like every game this year. And that to me is insane. For it to be a turn-based card for it to be a turn-based game and a single player game at that, uh, but will also feature multiplayer support in a future update because of course it's in early access but a lot of people 
really, really enjoy the game's character creation system that allows players to customize their player's appearance, race, class, and background. Y'all know what character customization is. Um, also, this game features a new dialogue system that allows players to choose how the characters respond to other characters. Um, it has a lot of different endings. I believe one of the developers said it had like over 100 endings. I'm like, how is that even possible? Like, don't let us get another Mass Effect 3 where... Uh, a different ending is basically a different color of the sky like come on now like we're a little bit more uh informed than to believe that like <laughs> i don't think i've ever seen a game with like 100 plus different endings and i played elden ring so i don't know but um they claim it has a lot of different endings uh what else the game has been a commercial success granted it is in early access but it is reported that the game has sold over two million copies in early access I re let me repeat that two million copies in early access and you're probably like you know two millions like a huge number but you're telling me it's outselling all the games in 2023 well let me list off the top five highest selling games in 2023 right number one which is only because these are official sales because of course you know when it's early access you can always like i guess uh refund your money or whatever i don't know how that works but basically if you pre-order a game somehow you can get your money back i don't even know how that works so, so anyways the top five selling games of 2023 as of well today is hogwarts legacy which is uh produced by warner bros games at 1.5 million copies sold then you have the legends the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom nintendo which is 1.2 million and then you have Baldur's gate 3 to be top three to be a uh, top three and highest selling games of 2023 and you're still in early access uh, it's like mind-blowing like just i'm straight up flabbergasted on like the amount of success this game is having because obviously gamers game on whatever they particularly like but turn-based is not something i hear brought up a lot as far as it being game of the year because not a lot of gamers gravitate towards turn-based type video games so this is the first time i've ever seen a turn-based game be as popular as it is with Baldur's gate 3 it may honestly Baldur's gate 3 when it's all said and done may end up being the most popular turn-based game of all time and i don't want to like jinx it or anything but from early access numbers to what it's actually going to sell after it comes out fully it's like insane to compare it for it to already be compared in the top three of highest selling games of 2023 uh, to, to, uh, let me finish off the list so basically number four is resident evil 4 uh produced by capcom at 1 million copies sold and then uh street fighter 6 by cop uh, capcom at uh, 800,000 copies sold so basically it's important to say that these numbers are only for united states global sales and i got this from uh, npr and uh some other website but basically in general these are like credible sources so uh as far as overseas sales like it's, it's hard to get those numbers but united states you know those are the the top five highest selling games of 2023 so um the biggest thing i wanted to focus on with Baldur's gate 3 is that 
this game came out of nowhere. Like compared to other games, this is just blowing them out the water. Like this is this reminds me of what Elden Ring did as far as its impact to the gaming community. Like it literally has a meta meta score, which you know not a lot of people you know hold as much weight for a Metacritic, but still I have to acknowledge it having the highest rated game uh, or being the highest rated game of 2023 so far with the 97 score. Obviously, it's an early access, so that number could go down, but. It's very successful currently in early access. I keep reminding you because that means that the multiplayer feature, which is promised to come early on after the game is released, or maybe when the game is released, I don't know how that works. But for it to be uh, uh, for it to be announced in June 2019 to see the impact it's having in 2023 is just a testament to how. Laren Studios really believed in their product and they promoted it in such a way that all the fans of turn-based gravitated towards and even more outside of that. Because once you impact the overall sales, that basically means out of all the gamers in society, Baldur's Gate 3 is more likely than any other game to be on the top of the list of games played. Because you have Hogwarts, Legend of Zelda, and like I said, Baldur's Gate 3. So at the end of game at the end of the day, I just really wanted to give it as flowers for it being a turn-based game. Cause um after going through the top five, I mean you have a fighting game in number five. You have a you have like a shooting RPG game um against like zombies in Resident Evil 4. You have a turn-based game, Baldur's Gate 3, which is the only one in this list. You have Legend of Zelda, which is another open world RPG game. And then you have Hogwarts Legacy. If it's a reoccurring theme, RPG game, uh, open uh, open world, and none of these are turn based other than Baldur's Gate Three. Cause I know some people's gonna be out there saying, "What you mean, Baldur's Gate Three is an RPG?" But turn based, uh, turn based RPG is a lot different than RPG. So, um, yeah, man, shout out to Baldur's Gate Three. They they really did it, and um, I can't believe they really impacted sales like this. Cause I remember. A lot of people commenting and uh well not like commenting but basically um texting me and letting me know that Baldur's Gate 3 and there was some other game they was talking about Diablo I think it was Diablo 4 they was telling me about but uh I was like oh, okay I'll get to it and then Baldur's Gate 3 actually happened I was like wow like people are really playing this game I don't know about Diablo 4 uh 4 I don't know if that game's out or not but as far as man as far as Baldur's Gate like I cannot believe it impacted the community like it did. So I don't want to keep beating the dead horse or reiterating my stat uh, statement. So all you need to know is that Baldur's Gate 3 is the most successful game in 2023. I'm not going to say by far, but at this point, it's looking like it's going to be by far. So that's why I put in the title of the episode is Baldur's Gate 3 Game of the Year. So click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about Baldur's Gate 3? And do you, after hearing all the info I just gave to you, do you think that Baldur's Gate 3 will end up being game of the year? What was once the most talked about game of 2023, even, even topping the charts, having the most all-time player peak as far as concurrent players 
at a count of 527,652. Can't forget them. And as of today, the game concurrent player count is only 10,751. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I'm no mathematician, but that definitely accounts for a decline of over 98%. Now, why am I bringing this up? Some gamers might say, you know what? It's a single player game. Like, you can't really discredit it too much because it doesn't have no multiplayer features. So why would people keep playing it after they beat the game? Which is a great question. If there wasn't for God of War Ragnarok, if there wasn't a Ghost of Tsushima, if there wasn't even The Last of Us. Like, I know people who, that's a very heavy narrative story, and they still play it again because they enjoy it so much. Um, talking about the first one, you know, the second one's kind of controversial, but you, you get what I'm saying. So people are inclined to go back and play games, and this is a tremendous drop-off that's very, very quick, and not... Um, in the usual fashion that single player games fall off because honestly single player games have been performing some uh, like single player games have been performing better than some of the multiplayer games i know a lot of people are going to kill me but just take this year for example right this game is still, no matter what I'm about to say about it, is on the top of the top five selling games of 2023. Single player game. Legend of Zelda. Top of the, uh, well, it's number two on the top five selling games of 2023. Single player game. Uh, you have Baldur's Gate 3, that single player with a multiplayer feature being added in the near future, I guess. Uh, number four, Resident Evil 4, which I believe that's a single player game. And then you have number five, which is Street Fighter, which is uh, that's definitely multiplayer. But basically, Hogwarts, Legend of Zelda, um, Resident Evil 4 are strictly single player games that have been outselling every other game except for Baldur's Gate 3. So when you say, why would a player stop playing the game after they beat it well obviously legend of zelda people still playing that game resident evil 4 people still playing that game as well so it's like i think the quick decline of the player count because going from 527,000 to basically 10,000 is a pretty significant drop in just eight months what was it eight months when did this game come out february so what seven months so anyways I think the reasons for this is that the game simply has so much hype that it just cannot live up to. Like it kind of reminds me of what Cyberpunk 2077 went through as the hype that it had. Not only did the bugs allow people not even to play the game, like it was basically uh, unplayable for most players to the point where Sony had to take the game off of its marketplace. That's how bad the game ran. But also the hype for it, you would think that it would have lived up to it which it just unfortunately didn't. So a lot of fans was disappointed in the Hogwarts experience after they got to the end of the game and realized it's a relatively short and limited, uh, it's, it's a relatively short game and it has very limited co uh, content. Also, 
the game was kind of buggy, but I didn't really hear too many uh, performance or stability issues from other players who played the game. Finally, I do want to say that Hogwarts just lost its hype. The fear of missing out is a real factor for driving mark uh for driving sales and for hogwarts legacy a lot of people felt like they was missing out only to realize <laughs> that the game was not as good as it was hyped up to be so it lost its appeal over time and with that of course you're going to have a natural decline in player interest after the initial launch period so for a single player game like hogwarts legacy with no multiplayer appeal whatsoever you're going to see a decline in the player count. It's just a, de a decline this drastic is, uh, is very unique as you usually don't see games this hyped up fall off so fast. Like the fall off of Hogwarts Legacy is something to be studied in the, <laughs> in the history books. I mean, I don't even think I saw designer fall off this fast but you know that's that's my fault i ain't mean to send that straight to designer hopefully he's still you know making his uh future like songs but anyways despite the player count you can you can never discredit what hogwarts legacy managed to accomplish which was selling over let me look back at it was a 1.5 million copies uh being the most uh being the highest selling game of 2023 and uh was a million or billion i think it was billion oh, let me fact check that right quick because i know it was at the top of it because technically Baldur's gate 3 is an early access so they haven't like stamped the sales at all but once that game comes out i think that will be the highest selling game but currently oh it brought up movies. I guess I do have to put a video game. All right, give me one second. All right, so currently, um, Baldur's Gate 3, they say it's going to be the highest selling game of 2023. But because that's an early access, uh, oh, here we go. So Hogwarts Legacy had 12 million copies sold. And then you had Legend of Zelda with 10 million. And then, uh, let's see. These are for physical and digital sales only, not including microtransactions and DLC. All right, so yeah, we can't you can't count this list because from what I've seen off of NPR, it's a uh, Hogwarts, uh, Legend of Zelda, um, Baldur's Gate Three, uh, Resident Evil Four, and then uh, what was the last one? I totally forgot the last one. Oh, Street Fighter. So as far as like fastest selling and the overall highest, like they had those games as like um, top five. So it's not like just overall, it's also like trending. So hopefully that makes sense. So Hogwarts Legacy still managed to be one of the hottest games and uh, have the, the biggest peak as far as a, a player count of over 527,652. Can't forget them. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so can can never take that away from them. But at the end of the day, it's a, another example and another victim to the fall-off syndrome. So anyways, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. 
What do you think about Hogwarts Legacy dramatic decline of over 98,000? And what do you think is the biggest reason for Hogwarts Legacy falling off? Everything you need to know about Remnant 2 is going to be in this segment, including an overview of Remnant 2 and the overall perception from different gaming companies and just players in general. As I've seen the game, I haven't played the game, but researching, I found out what people are thinking about it and how uh, people wanted to go in the future. Because if you don't know, Remnant 2 is obviously a sequel, but it's the sequel to the 2019 action RPG Remnant from the Ashes. So it takes place uh, several years after the first game with the war against the alien invaders known as the root and i know a lot of nerdy details will stick with me as we're going to be getting into a lot of details with remnant 2 basically players explore new worlds fight new enemies acquire new weapons and abilities everything you've heard in the third person uh survival shooting game multiplayer game uh what else As a new multiplayer mode, which is called Expeditions, which allows players to team up with up to three other players to take on challenging missions. And uh, it came out July 25th, 2023 for Xbox Series X and S, PlayStation 5 and PC. And the biggest thing you need to know is that a lot of people are calling this a candidate, a candidate for a game of the year because what I've heard it described to me as is like a Destiny meets Elden Ring. And it's simply because Remnant is one of those games with a lot of exploration that's rewarded. You go into a certain crevice, realize there's a whole nother room you can get into with the actual boss. So it gets to that point where it's like, wow, these developers put so much passion and love into a shooter that just has to be acknowledged because compared to other shooters like a destiny or i don't want to you know make any uh core fanboys like upset but basically i've seen that remnant and its uh character creation is like procedural i can't even say it, procedurally generated i definitely butcher that but basically it's like uh every time you go into a world it cannot be the it's not the same as what you was in your playthrough like it's procedurally generated to where a uh, boss can be in one map but in your playthrough that boss was in like a different map so basically that's it's a lot of things that comes with it that's uh on the surprise factor type thing and that's where the elder ring appeal comes in because uh a lot of how do i say this <laughs> a lot of uh guides are watched because of this game and that's the same effect that Elden Ring had on the gaming community. A lot of people had to go through different guides to get to certain places to where, oh, I can do this in that room and I can get this reward. Or, oh, if I go to this map at this time, shoot this specific item, I get this legendary weapon. The stuff like that and the guides that helps you um, just grow in your love for the game and your love for the amount of passion that the developers put into it because who wants to pay $70 for a game and end up playing it and it's like wow this is very bare bones seems like the developers didn't even care to add any sort of 
surprising twist or turn. It's just like straightforward, bare bones shooter, you know? So when games like Remnant come out of the blue, because I didn't really hear too many people talking about this. And as far as the overall sales, um, it was uh, like compared to a lot of other games, it's not like the highest selling game you've ever seen, but it's definitely solid sales wise. And it's up there as far as like, actually, let me see if I can pull this up. Because Remnant 2, amongst compared to other games, as far as video game. Let me see. Because you have, uh, of course, you have Counter-Strike, Baldur's Gate. <laughs> Baldur's Gate, seemingly. <laughs> Baldur's Gate will find its way into any uh, best-selling list, won't it? Uh, and then you have... Let me see. Yeah, I don't see Remnant 2 at all. Yeah, so even though it's not like in the top, like trending games yeah that's unfortunate let me see I, I think it's still doing solid enough to uh get another game added to it because the games i'm seeing in the top is like overwatch of course and and uh let me see and apex legends so yeah as far as like steam it's not really so let me look it up as far as like consoles because that's a little different how you spell this game? Remnant 2. Video games. I never really compared the uh, sales aspect to it because what was sold to me was the quality. And it's not like, it's, it's a very much a niche game. So I'm not saying like, oh, it should be selling more because it's, it's very niche. But, um, Okay, so Remnant 2 sold over 1 million units in its first week of release, which is pretty impressive in itself, you know? Like, other games, like Elden Ring, of course, Elden Ring sold like 12 million in its first week. <laughs> so, you know, you, you, you're comparing a very niche game, but the quality is on the level of Elden Ring. That's what I'm trying to say. And uh, it, it's not the biggest release you've seen in 2023, but it's still very impressive, and that's why I point that out. So, at the end of the day... Um, Remnant 2, all I have to say about it is that it may not be one of the best-selling games, but the oh, we're supposed to get into reviews. I'm tripping. The overall, well, I guess I was going to get into that. The general consensus, as you see right here, is that the game is phenomenal. IGN gave this a 9 out of 10. Uh, uh, let me see. What's some other ones? Polygon is unscored. That's great. Um... PC Games gave it an 8 out of 10. Destructory gave it an 8.5 out of 10. And you see what they're saying about it. Like, they're saying exactly what you want from a sequel. IGN says, uh, absolutely nails the concept. Uh, what concept are we talking about? Reimagine the Souls-like genre. See, this, was, this is the Elden Ring aspect. So it's like Souls-like genre as a co-op looter shooter. And that's probably the perfect uh, description I can give of it, if you can see right here. Shameless plug, analytic dreams video, but I just highlighted it. So basically, as you see, um, Remnant, Remnant 2, its quality is way more than probably the amount it's actually selling. Like, it probably won't be the best-selling game, but I could see it end up on the list of best game or uh, I could see it ending up as a candidate for game of the year. But anyways, click my link tree in my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about Remnant 2? 
as a looter shooter and also just as a Souls-like game in itself. Have you played it? Are you planning on playing it? And do you think that this game should be considered with others that come out in the same year, 2023, for Game of the Year? If you don't know, Offset currently has a track out with his uh, wonderful wife, Cardi B, titled Jealousy on all DSP platforms right now. With that out the way, let's get into all the all of the activities and just outlandish things the Offset has been doing. Because I'm not going to lie to you, I think it's kind of weird the way he's been moving in general from an outsider perspective. Because of course, there's a lot of sensitive subjects. I'm just going to come out and say it. So basically, with Takeoff passing away, rest in peace to Takeoff, that whole splitting up of Offset with the Migos before his passing probably uh, rubs a lot, a lot of people the wrong way, but especially me, because I'm like, okay, if Quavo and Takeoff are making music together, that means that Offset was the one that wanted out of the Migos deal, right? And then it was only confirmed to me in August 2022 when Offset sued his record label, Quality Control Music. So at first, I thought, okay, Offset, Quavo is beefing, because everybody's like, oh, Offset uh, was with Sweetie when Quavo's with her, but, which I don't know, like, I'm not speculating on that. So once... Offset filed the lawsuit for Quality Control Music, which is owned by uh, P. Yeah. Um, and so if you don't know, Offset, well, the Migos was signed to Quality Control Music, which was Offset, Quavo, Takeoff. Offset wanted to leave um, some type of way. He said that he had negotiated a deal with Quality Control back in 2021 that would allow him to drop his own solo music, but the label had not honored their agreement right there. That's a red flag. Quavo takeoff is putting out music under QC. You would think with them putting little baby as the flagship of QC will rub them the wrong way, but they're still putting out music and QC are still promoting them. So why would they not let offset put out his own music? If he um, is trying to do his own thing. Like if you think the offset in his solo career is going to be bigger than little baby, I think you are sorely mistaken because at one point in time, people was comparing Little Baby as maybe taking a crown after Drake. Obviously, right now, a lot of people are being fickle with him and like turning on him. But I think they'll be back after he gives us another track that's just fire, which I think he had to abil- has the ability to do. So I don't think he's canceled. I think people are just uh, tired of the same formulaic music. But with that out the way, we do have to acknowledge Little Baby is now the, the lead mascot for quality control music i believe offset didn't like that wanted to do his own thing felt like qc was going in the little baby direction so he tried to leave tried to put out his own music uh and i don't think that he was under the the right to put out his own music contractually because now um it was seeing that quality control was like hey you can't put out your own solo music what you think this is so then fast forward well full circle moment offset tried to sue quality control uh quality control had to deny offset's allegations that they would not allow him to own his solo music so they denied offset's allegations that 
uh, the label did not honor the agreement, basically saying there was no agreement. You're still on the contract and we still own the rights to your solo music. So now we come into 2023 and Offset's lawyer has said that the two sides have reached a quote unquote settlement. But the terms of the settlement was not disclosed. Translation, Offset tried to pull a fast one and it didn't work. Offset is no longer a part of quality control. It will re release solo music through a different label. But the way that that happened was there was a uh, there was a financial payment or whatever that, that happened in the midst of the, uh, the settlement. So the reason I'm bringing this up is because the way that Offset is moving is kind of weird. He leaves the group because he wants more of a focus on him. Hence why he went to another label. But you're leaving Quavo and Takeoff out to dry. I thought it was a a group effort. Like if it wasn't Quavo and Takeoff you had beef with, why would you leave? Then come to find out Takeoff passed away, unfortunately. Quavo and Offset actually do have some type of static because I don't care what you say. If somebody dies in the family, you would think they'll pull y'all together or get even closer. But that did not happen. Uh, obviously it's happened now they've seemingly reconciled but um after the whole situation it was just weird the offset was not um allowed to do certain things with quavo as far as quavo's like tribute to takeoff he, it was only him and not him and offset it was just weird how that whole thing happened which made me led me to believe something was deeper with the relationship of quavo and offset so anyways uh the biggest thing i really want to focus on is just that the way that Offset is is moving is very interesting as he says he bought himself out of his quality control deal. Settlement, well, the lawsuit is dropped and the settlement is, is agreed to and reached. And now Offset is no longer under the contract of quality control and will release his future solo music through a different label. So... Honestly, this leads me to believe that the way Offset was moving was that he wanted to be on his own contract. Quality control was like, no, you're still on the contract. You have to release music under QC. Offset made a big fuss about it. Quality control was like, you know what? We don't even want to deal with this. Let you go because we have a little baby. <laughs> so uh, Offset is now looking for a different label to put music under. But the saying that the settlement is a victory for Offset and allows him to regain control of his solo music. But ultimately, I come back at what, what I come back to is what was the cost? Like, at what cost was you able to re regain control of your solo music? Because the, the moves up to that was very questionable as far as your relationship with Quavo and Takeoff before he passed away and before the whole like uh not clearing up why you even leave migos and leaving your brothers out to dry so, uh is is what it's is what it looks like from the outside of looking in obviously i don't know what happened happens behind closed doors but it doesn't look like offset is in the right as far as uh this whole situation and you know, I kind of feel for the Migos, you know, trying to operate through that whole situation. Now, I really feel for Quavo, him still trying to operate through this whole uh, turmoil and uh, unfortunate circumstances, man. So um, I'm not saying all of this was caused by Offset, but I do believe that he was a very big contributor to the quality control brand and Migos. And for him just to just to leave to do his own solo thing. I think it's, it's a little selfish because 
everybody knows back in the day Quavo was looked at as like the Beyonce of the group you know we don't have no other like group to compare them to <laughs> so um Quavo was looked to uh, looked at as uh the Beyonce of the group and he could have been left into his own solo career and uh he chose to stay with the Migos and I mean obviously you do your solo features but you always come back as a group which is what I thought they was going to do when they all put out their own solo albums and came back together for Culture 3. But now Offset wants to leave and do his own thing on a different label. It just seems very selfish. And I'm just not rocking with it, man. I really don't agree with it. I don't like it. But we're going to see what, what what becomes of it and uh, what happens in the future as this move, in my personal opinion, is very selfish. But hey, I guess we're going to find out when he eventually releases new solo music so anyways click my link share my bio let me know on one of my social medias what do you think about offset reportedly settling and dropping his lawsuit against his former label label uh quality control music and whose side are you on in this whole fiasco offset or quality control in in uh quavo the battle everybody's been asking for as I mean, nobody, nobody's been asking for this, but you know, I have to cover it. Cause at the end of the day, I think it's my job to pocket watch in a way that only analytic dreams could or can because numbers and dreaming of the numbers is something that these two women have turned into reality as they've used the art form and expression and in certain ways to acquire certain amount of revenue. So now, we're going to break it down as it's been reported that Coyle Ray has surpassed Ice Spice and is now the third female rapper with the most monthly listeners on Spotify. Now, of course, you can look that up for yourself. Yourself. But what is it looked it up right now? Or hold up. In general, I could just look at that over here. Um, if I had to look at the top 10, because it, it says Spotify. So. Okay, so the list right here, it goes, oh, okay, so these are the top 10 selling female artists. So I do want to get into the top 10 women artists in hip hop because I think making money outside of music should also be counted for when you're talking about how much these artists are making. So in terms of 2023, they say, and these are about like reports and stuff from a lot of different articles like uh, Billboard, um, is basically billboard you know i use i get a lot of my information from billboards so basically the top 10 selling female i always like to say women because they always say like females are offensive so anyways the top 10 selling women artists in in hip-hop in 2023 this year it's Nicki minaj 120 million cardi b 100 million and the rest of this is like significant drop-offs from like 120 million. So then you have Doji Cat, of course, 70 million. Uh, Megan Thee Stallion at 60 million. Lotto at 50 million. Sweetie at 40 million. Flo Millie at 30 million. And Coyle Ray at 20 million. Tierra Whack at 10 million. And to wrap off the list, to wrap up the list, we have ash nico i don't know who that is anyways that's at five million now at first i was like ain't no way 
Ice Spice is making less than five million. So I had to go look up and do some due diligence myself and journalistic integrity and look up how much Ice Spice has made off of music alone. And that's where the numbers really came in. As Ice Spice off of music has made around 10 million in 2023. So I don't know if that's directly to her and she has to pay other people before she even gets that. It doesn't say that's her net worth. It just says she's made 10 million. If you don't know, you have producers. Uh, yeah, basically that's it. Yeah, you have producers, features. Uh, obviously you get advanced sometimes from your major label to use that money for features. But at the end of the day, it seems like with a cosign from Nikki, she may not be paying for much. So, um, I don't know how much of that 10 million she's bringing in from music, but for her not to be on this top 10 selling list is very interesting because I do not believe that uh, Tierra Whack and no, no disrespect or Ash Nico, I don't know who that is, will be making more than Ice Spice. But of course, as you heard me throughout the list, Corey LeRae is number eight on the top 10 selling female artists. And um, if I had to look this up. The reason why people track this is because, you know, there's a lot of uh, fan bases in society, right? And certain fan bases love to say that their artist is the most popular. But at the end of the day, there's only one queen of hip hop, and it's unanimously Nicki Minaj. Of course, then you have Megan Thee Stallion. Uh, I didn't even say Lotto. You have Lotto, Corey LeRae, um, Cardi B, Glorilla, but then you get the Ice Spice, right? And you wonder how much money she's bringing in because certain lists are different from others because they attribute music and then other lists are like, oh, this is their net worth. So it's like how much money you're making overall from music is not the amount of money that you're bringing in because you have to have other expenses along with the, the revenue that you're generating. So hopefully that makes sense for y'all because <laughs> uh, it was pretty confusing for me to look up as well. But uh at the end of the day, Ice Spice is definitely making money from her music. It's just going to take a while for her to get up to the likes of Akoi LeRae, uh, Nicki Minaj. Ice Spice has been in the game for so long because it's, it's worth noting that it's not based off album sales um, or streaming revenue. And Ice Spice is a popular artist on streaming platforms, but some of these lists don't uh, contribute that at all. It's basically the overall public uh celebrity appeal because if you, if you don't know Corey ray has been on a lot of other platforms other than her own so hopefully that makes sense because when you get into overall net worth it's a little different from how much you're you overall made in just music so ice spice's career of course has the potential to become one of the best-selling women hip-hop artists but she still has a little bit to go as she's very she's pretty new She's not as well known as a Nicki Minaj, Cardi, Doja Cat, or a Coyle Ray at this point. Uh, she's not as um, versatile in her entertainment field, like as far as music, movies, and TV shows, and just uh, commercial appeal and stuff like that. Overall, Coyle Ray will have a lot more appeal because of her being around for for longer. As I just said, Ice Spice has only been around for just basically like this year, right? I don't know if it's... I mean, she has a few hit songs. Uh, she has Munch, Princess Diana, that's real uh, popular on streaming. Of course, the Nicki Minaj Barbie song that's just going crazy. 
Um, what else? And she's a newer artist. And she doesn't even have an album out. So it makes sense why, you know, she's not on these lists. But at the end of the day, that's what I really wanted to get at. As um, A lot of people like to put Ice Spice in the Nicki or Cardi category as far as, like, publicity. And um, I think it's recency bias. Like, obviously, we can look at her potential and say that, oh, she has that potential to be up there with them. But at this point, we still have to take it year by year as... The queen of hip-hop is not unanimously Nicki Minaj for no reason. She's been around for so long, giving us so many timeless moments in hip-hop that she will ultimately always be that number one. But as far as Coyle Ray versus Ice Spice, it's an interesting debate. But at the end of the day, right now, it seems like Coyle Ray is the bigger household name. So anyways, click my link here in my bio and let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about my whole breakdown of Coyle Ray versus Ice Spice? Do you think it was on point or do you believe that Ice Spice, disregarding what the numbers say, do you think Ice Spice is just bigger than Coyle Ray? Now this is worth reporting because a lot of people had a inclination that Adidas was going to get back with Kanye simply because him making the brand over $1.5 billion, right? And this is from Forbes, by the way. This is Forbes estimate and estimation, so I'm not just making this up. Then you have P. Diddy, who is undergoing a whole debacle and just butchery of his situation with, uh, what's his name? I think the company's called Diego. Uh, Diego. I don't know. It's, it's like D I A G E O. Like, how do you pronounce that? D A G O? I don't know, man. Anyways, <laughs> uh, the owner of Ciroc and basically a lot of the lucrative alcoholic brands. P. Diddy has butchered that, right? Has uh, been estimated that Diddy's Ciroc vodka brand generated over 400 million for diego that's what i'm just gonna call him from like i don't even know d-a-g-o like that don't even sound right so i'm just gonna call it diego so <laughs> uh diddy diddy Ciroc brand has made over 400 million dollars for the overall brand diego and this represents the significant increase from 200 million in revenue that Ciroc generated in 2014 so uh, Diddy and Diego first partner, it is estimated that Diddy's stake in Ciroc is worth over $1 billion. Why am I telling you all this? For the simple fact that Diddy, <laughs> a.k.a. Sean Combs, a.k.a. What's his other one? He has another name. Oh, Brotherly Love was not shown love by Diego as they have officially ended their partnership for the Ciroc Vodka and DeLone Tequila. Uh, DeLeon? I don't know how to say this fancy stuff, man. I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna cap to you. <laughs> uh, the deal was terminated after Combs sued Diego for $400 million, goodness, alleging racism and breach of contract. Diddy also claimed that Diego ex executives made racist remarks about him that the company refused to give him the same opportunities as white 
spirit brands. Now, I don't know why I put emphasis on the white. You figure it out yourself. <laughs> Diego denied the uh, allegations, of course. It's so funny how you can be a billion dollar brand, right? And then somebody could talk about you and know all about like the, the ins and outs of the situation because of Forbes having it on the screen. That's actually kind of crazy. But not only do they have it on the screen, they didn't even, you know, feel the need to put up how to pronounce your name. Because I ain't going to lie to you. How do you pronounce D-I-A-G-E-O? Like, is it D-A-G-O? D-A? Like, honestly, I feel ignorant saying Diego. So I just want to put that out there because I'm going to keep calling him Diego. But I do want to acknowledge that I do believe it's ignorant. Anyways, let's keep going. <laughs> so Diego denied the allegations, but said it decided to end the partnership to, quote, avoid further distractions. Mm-mm-mm. Where have you heard that before? So the termination of the deal was a major setback from P. Diddy, just like it was when Adidas terminated his partnership with Kanye. Just a huge setback for the billionaire playboy philanthropist. Uh, can't say it. Mm-mm. That's not how it says. That's not. That's not how you say it. Philanthropist. Philanthropist. There we go. <laughs> Y'all get what I'm saying. Uh, the black Tony Stark and P. Diddy, basically. Huge major setback for him. And uh, I don't know how he would go forth with this uh, whole Ciroc thing because I believe Diego is the ones who've been um, pushing it forth as far as like putting it on a global scale, right? And, and turning it into a global brand. Because without Diego, I believe Ciroc wouldn't have built itself into a global brand. But on the other hand, I do see how Diego could end up having some type of blowback because trying to expand your market in certain demographics was only accessible through P. Diddy because of his influence on the black demographic, right? But because of, and this is what the funny, bro, this is hilarious. Uh, honestly, this is this is some billionaire type beef and pettiness if i've ever seen it diego executives because it's not like one person it's like an actual brand that's why i feel ignorant saying diego but anyways diego diego executives called p diddy quote ghetto i kid you not i i kid you not you guys got to go to these sites yourself uh let me see one of the sites was let me let me bring it up one of the sites was Fortune. Yeah, the uh, Fortune. And the other site was... That's not it. The other site was... Yahoo. So Yahoo and Fortune is where I got this information of. So I ain't just making stuff up. They literally called this man ghetto. <laughs> and not sophisticated. And questioned his ability to sell Ciroc to white consumers. Now, if that's not taking medicine out of the candy, I don't know what is because that man, they did not sugarcoat that at all. They put that medicine straight down his throat, pause, and just laid it to him out straight. They were like, hey, P. Diddy, you being ghetto and not sophisticated is why we don't think you should sell Ciroc 
to white consumers. Like, do y'all not know how, how crazy that sounds? Maybe I'm tripping. Maybe I'm the one tripping. I, I hear that and I'm just like, wow. That back in the day racism, ain't it? <laughs> but anyways, let's, let's, let's keep going. So the lawsuit alleged that Diego refused to give Ciroc the same marketing support as other brands, such as, I don't know what these are, but I'm about to name them, Johnny Walker and Takure? I ain't gonna lie, bro. If that's some expensive stuff, I don't know what that is. Like, if it ain't... Anyways, <laughs> Takure. I don't get it. Uh, Diego CEO, Ivan Menezes. I swear to all these names getting butchered. Ivan Menezes, 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 Menezes. I ain't gonna lie, bro. This is just too much. But anyways, Yvonne, that's what we're gonna call him. The CEO of Diego said in a statement that the company, quote, takes these allegations very seriously. But it believes the claims are unfounded. So basically... Diego's coming out and um, refuting these claims that Diddy said that he was ghetto and not sophisticated, which, you know, at this point, I don't see why Diddy would be lying. Like, I've heard worse. <laughs> so I'm like, as far as a billion dollar brand, you know, no wonder, like, there's no telling what they could say to a person like P. Diddy being a billion dollars up. It's like, bro, I can say whatever I want to you. So you know what? Let me just lay it out to you. And just, and just say he was ghetto that's that's heartbreaking ain't it not only did they say he was ghetto but not sophisticated man mm -mm -mm. anyways but uh, Diego CEO of course even uh Yvonne whatever came out and said that you know they refuted these claims quote takes these allegations very seriously and also said in a quote believes the claims are unfounded uh what else they also said that quote committing uh committed to a creating a diverse and inclusive workspace and uh quote will continue to work with sean combs on a number of projects that's interesting so of course at the end of the day p diddy versus uh diego is very interesting because i think it's on the same level as Adidas terminating his deal with uh, Kanye West. And that's why I really like to touch on this subject because I don't think a lot of the behind the scenes is known by most hip hop fans. I think a lot of people just listen to the music and enjoy it from that aspect, which is nothing wrong with it. But for the people who want to learn a little bit more about the behind the scenes and just, you know, what people are going through on a day to day basis that leads up, leads up to certain business moves and, and uh, music decisions. I feel like that's why this platform is thriving in the way it is because myself, I love to go behind the scenes and figure out what, what people are going through and how that leads to certain marketing strategies that they implement. And uh, best believe me, P. Diddy may go back to rapping after this because uh, that money is going to slow up a little bit. Like, obviously, he's making money from a lot of things, but a billion dollars ain't, ain't easy to come by, you know? <laughs> so... Uh, and honestly, I think that's what put him up there in the likes of uh, Jay-Z and Kanye as far as like net uh, net worth because of deals like this. So um, this is a huge deal to me personally. And uh, yeah, I have to let me know if this is a huge deal to y'all because the termination of the deal is a significant development in, in just the alcohol industry. So not even talking about hip hop. So 
in regards to Diddy, we'll have to see how it impacts him on the future of Ciroc and uh, De Leon. So anyways, uh, click my link, share my bio. Let me know on one of my social medias. What do you think about this whole back and forth between Diego as a company and uh, P. Diddy? And who do you think is in the right? Who do you think is in the wrong? And overall, do you think that they will ever mend their differences and continue working together? Getting into the overview of the pod, of course, for episode 127, we got into a lot of topics. And usually at this point, this is how I like the episode to go. As whenever I make these episodes, I want it to feel like a whole combination of gaming and hip hop topics all into one. So you can get your information from uh, one source instead of having to go all around the Internet just to find this. And I believe that the way I'm now giving it is in a unique fashion that you can't get anywhere else so that's just me personally i mean who else you know is out here covering hip-hop and gaming like this as in general uh not to pat myself on the back too much because you know what i mean i only got two hands so i can't i can only do so much patting but anyways uh <laughs> um the podcast is doing great you know they see all support um like i said 1.3 total down uh 1.3 million total downloads in just eight months under the new hosting platform red circle of course 80,000 weekly as far as downloads so i know that y'all are coming back every single week to hear me break down the latest gaming and in uh hip-hop news and in general i really want to shout out to my people live as even over at wisdom like they really showed up today uh 57 um in the live chat appreciate y'all just know if you want to tune in to my live just uh click my link tree in my bio wisdom is on there as well as youtube i follow those two for the audio and the video elements but as always it'll be uploaded after the fact to this podcast where you know the biggest uh where my biggest platform is you know uh so anyways getting into the overview of the pod we started with the montgomery brawl and i basically just got into how that's just a hilarious situation in itself and it's only hilarious because of the most important fact that there was no guns involved only hands feet and elbows and street justice mm -mm -mm. then also we transitioned into beyond scare straight featuring tory lanes as this man tory lanes let me tell you something I ain't never seen a 5-2 man act out as much as this man Daystar Peterson. So that segment I very much enjoyed doing. And I feel like we covered a lot of um, instances where the psyche of Tory Lanez could be questioned. Besides the Megan event, of course. Then we got to uh, a plethora of AI topics as we talked about AI versus the Grammys. And how the Grammys is uh, introduced a new rule that banned music created solely by ai and i uh, got into the specifics of that transition into joe rogan and drake interview yes you heard me correctly they finally did an interview and guess what completely ai generated hey ain't that a <laughs> not <laughs> all right anyways uh, then we got to dj academics and inside the mind of little uzi vert as when you really think about it uzi and playboy cardi is two of the most mysterious artists uh, in a way that they don't really talk to the fan bases too much. So for them to come out of a comfort zone to give these type of interviews, you really love to see it as DJ Academics uh, brought a different side out of Uzi that I don't think we've seen in a while. Then I transitioned into AI topic once again, but with this time, it was against the studios. So the WGA, 
the SAG app, bro, these these abbreviations is beyond atrocious. Who's going to remember SAG AFTRA? Like, bro, come on now. Basically, the writers and actors are on strike. And instead of paying them like the studio should be, being billion, trillion dollar conglomerates, they just decided to hire some some people to handle the AI form. So, yeah, these studios not really caring about the actors and writers. And this could get pretty ugly really quick. Like your favorite entertainment maybe get postponed indefinitely because studios, instead of paying the actors and writers, they just decided to go completely with AI. Then we got to uh, gaming topics as I talked about the first or no also show, you know, analytic dreams video shameless plug my Spotify channel. We can get the video, uh, the video element along with the audio for the podcast. So basically first look at the PlayStation 5 slim as that's a pretty uh, significant leak in itself because we finally got our first look at the PS5 slim. We always knew I reported on it like months back but basically we finally got our first look at the ps5 slim then i transitioned into the xbox game pass core and how and how in general that's just an overall better system for the less fortunate gamers out there and not to make it sound like it's a a goodwill for gamers it's just one of those things where you know we have to have systems like this in place because gaming is an expensive hobby is a is a hobby for people who have expendable income it's not a hobby for people who are struggling financially so with that being said xbox game pass stuff like this makes it easier for, for gamers to be able to go and to uh have a plethora of games at a certain price tag for the year and I think that's commendable by Microsoft. But anyways, uh, we transitioned into Sony versus Microsoft as a company. And um, <laughs> I basically exposed the fact that Microsoft is 16 times bigger than Sony and could literally buy Sony if they wanted to. But a lot of people are focused on the gaming uh, division of each company. So they always think Sony is on top but as a whole. Well, Microsoft is beyond swimming in money. And so yeah that's just ridiculous so i covered that whole aspect of who has more money microsoft or sony then also we got uh, got back into uh the gaming aspects as we talked about Baldur's gate 3 and how it's just one of the most surprising games of 2023 really outselling most if not all games uh and just early access and when it officially comes out nobody knows how much it can end up selling in 2023. So it's definitely one of the highest selling games of 2023. Then transition into Hogwarts Legacy and kind of clowned it a little bit because it lost 97% of its player base. And um, in the six months it's been out, that's pretty atrocious. Like that is just down bad. Like that type of fall off. I don't even, I don't even think little pump fell off that fast. So anyways, uh, Hogwarts Legacy is a done deal. Everybody has realized it was a overhyped solid game rather than a masterpiece that everybody was claiming it was going to be anyways transition to remnant 2 time kind of talked about everything involving uh the aspect of remnant 2 and just like a lot of gaming companies review for that game and how it's just uh being well received by players and uh they really think it's going to be a candidate for game of the year so we'll end up uh seeing like what it actually 
if that actually happens because you never know like games can end up getting pushed to the back burner because it seems like every game is dropping from october to november so we're gonna see but i i really don't see any game topping what's about to drop in the next three months but like i said only the future can tell anyways got back into hip-hop as we i i covered so this was like the beef segment offset versus qc kind of talked about everything with offset and his uh moves not really liking the fact that he separated from migos tried to sue qc and me as a music fan i'm supposed to still look at offset like the good guy like seeing what quavo and takeoff who unfortunately passed away you know rest in peace of takeoff seeing what they went through and what they had to go through after offset leaving it just felt like a very selfish move from offset that i just really just i didn't appreciate from the outside looking in and i didn't vibe with that at all so um nice to see this uh lawsuit has been dropped and that they've settled and that offset can now drop solo music as uh you know if he wants to be away from the group at this point unfortunately it's two of them um so it's like it's not too significant but before takeoff passed away it was just like bro how selfish can you be so that's how i felt about that whole situation transitioning into coil array versus ice spice i kind of got into how ice spice is one of those type of artists where her perception is like she could be one of the biggest women artists women hip-hop artists in the game but then in reality no disrespect to coil array but people like coil array and the other a lot of other artists are making a lot more money in just the entertainment field being a, a woman hip-hop artist than ice spice which shows ice spice um i don't know if it's what's the word but basically her being just such a a, a fresh just a, a newbie to the game and her having to have some years to catch up to likes of a coil array Nicki minaj cardi b lotto megan the stallion as far as like household name appeal if that makes sense so she can start making money from from things other than just streaming in the entertainment field so anyways then we ended episode 127 by getting into billionaire business talk as i got into D, uh, diddy versus diego which is the owner of ciroc and a plethora of other brands like almost it's a slight to say it's on the owner of ciroc it's the owner it's the owner of like 200 of the alcohol uh, alcohol brands out there like the most popular ones too like not just like some niche one like diego really has a lot of money <laughs> so for that uh partnership to end i compared it to the likes of adidas ending their partnership with diddy so we end up with uh what <clears throat> i guess we'll see where this partnership ends up going but at the end of the day uh it's a pretty significant loss for diddy as as it was for kanye with adidas like of course they're going to be all right but when, when those are like majority of your income as it's been reported by forbes to be you already know they probably like man how in the world did i mess this up so that's about it for episode 127 i appreciate uh everybody for tuning in to the notorious master fig podcast especially for everybody live of air wisdom we ended up reaching almost 60 live viewers so i appreciate y'all taking the time out of your night to listen to me break down uh the latest hip-hop and gaming for the past four hours i know right almost feels like a shift in itself <laughs> but at this point with the with the amount of support 
honestly for honestly as i don't even know if y'all can tell if my voice is going away but um from the amount of support i've been getting from just the masses in general the different brand deals with drizzly shout out to drizzly for uh sponsoring the podcast of course for the past three months it would not be possible without the people coming time and time again to tune in to me talking about hip-hop and gaming whether that's new music dropping at thursday at midnight or whether it's just me doing an episode like this uh and talking about the behind the scenes analytics of stuff because of course i call myself analytic dreams so you know i love just talking about the numbers and you know basically pocket watching you know what i mean i love to see where the where the money's going don't they say money makes the world go round? well i want to see who's making it go round. <laughs> so anyways um don't be afraid to send me an email letting me know what you think of the show and what you want me to talk about in my next episode. Also, click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and, and to keep up my latest activities. If you want to support the show financially, click my Cash App link located towards the top of my link tree as it helps the show overall. Make sure, hold up, for the video element, I still have P. Diddy with the with the uh, Diego dude up there. I had to change that. <laughs> All right, anyways, where, where's that? Anyway, we're we just going to start over at the link tree. Click my link tree in my bio to access my social medias and to keep up with my latest activities. If you want to support the show financially, click my Cash App link located towards the top of my link, well, the bottom of my link tree as it helps the show overall. Make sure to share this podcast and rate this five stars on whatever platform you're currently listening on, listening on as this helps the show reach more people so we can grow together and affect the masses. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Notorious Mass Effect. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.